You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for our match preview. Newcastle welcome Brentford to St James's Park on Saturday for a traditional three o'clock kickoff. They remain the only side in the Premier League without a win this season. So three points is absolutely crucial for Newcastle United. And of course, it is Eddie Howe's first game in charge of the club. I'm joined by John Gibson to look ahead to that game and talk a bit about Eddie Howe's arrival at Newcastle United. John, we finally have a new head coach. It was a bit prolonged, the search for him. Many names were thrown in. I think it's fair to say for both of us, how wasn't our first choice. Everyone listening to this will know I was a big fan of Graham Potter. Uh, the club thought they were going to get Unai Emery. That didn't work out. They've gone and got how. I'm very happy with that appointment. I think it's the best option of the names out there. Just tell our listeners how you feel about that news. Pretty well the same, mate. Um, no, he wasn't He wasn't my first choice. But then he wasn't Amanda's first choice. Unai Emery uh, was. It doesn't matter, as far as he's concerned, whether he's first choice or not. He's the guy sitting in the seat. He's the number one man now. And the idea has grown on me as well, because he's interviewed brilliantly. He's talked very positively about what he wants to do. There's no grey areas. I felt with Steve Bruce there was a lot of grey areas from a player's point of view. Well, does he want me to do that? Are we certain what path we're going down uh, and how we intend to go about things? You know, it's a five one week and it's a four and then somebody else is in and everything's been changed and somebody's squeezed out the picture. I think it's much more positive now. It's much more direct because players are like sheep. They like to be led. The the uh, the whole idea. They want to be told. This is the path we're going down. This is how we're going to walk down this path. And this is what we expect to find at the end of the path. And that's a good way of handling it. You want a decisive manager, and he also plays the right way. Uh, he plays on the front front. I don't mean he's gung ho, or and it will take a while from to stamp his authority on the team because he's got to change the mental approach of the players uh, and that takes a couple of games to be able to do that. But he, he won, he's not afraid to attack. Um, and I, we always felt that, that Steve Bruce was afraid to attack. He wanted to keep the back door locked. He wanted belt and braces on. And in fairness, that was the attitude to a great extent of Rafa Benitez, although he was much more organised in the way he went about it, but that was his idea as well. And, of course, a lot of critics... Isn't it amazing how, how we have so many critics, you know, we being Newcastle United? I mean, initially, all the supporters were, were far too above their station. They were demanding that... We, this is before when we had Ashley. We were cruel to Ashley and to Steve Bruce because we demanded success. No, we didn't. 
All we wanted was hope. We wanted to be allowed to have hope. We didn't demand trophies. We haven't had any since 1969, 1955 domestically, so we weren't very demanding. Now we're the richest club in the world. We're above our station and everybody hates us because people don't like the richest guy in the room and we are the richest guy in the room. Um, but no, I think, I think Eddie, under the circumstances, will do very well. He's an excellent appointment for now and we've got to remember now it's no good just thinking about tomorrow or the next day or will we get in the Champions League we've got to stay up and then establish this club as a quality club and if people say that he's he, 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 and some of the the uh, accusations were that he's bad defensively that he's Bournemouth side let in a pile of goals that he can't organise defensively and he relies on attack Um to get him through, and Newcastle are already bad defensively. Well, maybe that's true, maybe it's not, but it, the last Newcastle manager that thought like that was called Kevin Keegan, and he took us from the brink of the old third division to Premier League runners-up, so he didn't do too badly with the same philosophy. It's interesting you mention that, because the fence is a major issue. I was speaking to Matthew Raysbeck of BBC Radio Newcastle yep. on, on uh, the podcast earlier this week, and... Eddie Howe was known for his attack in football, but I do wonder if over the last uh, yeah, two weeks when he's been working with the players, if he's looked at it and gone, maybe I don't have the personnel at the back there to play, maybe as open, as expansive, expansive as I want. Because let's face it, John, and this, as I said with Matthew, this is a, a, a sign of just how bad things had gotten under Mike Ash in terms of investment and progressing at the side. You've got, without being unfair, you've got a, a kind of a championship Defence there, especially oh, at centre-back. They absolutely. are slow. We need a bit of improvement. We need centre-backs to come in in January. And I do wonder just how tough he's going to find shoring up that defence because it is leaking far too many goals. Oh, it's frightening. I mean, you've got to walk before you run. He's not going to go out there and the match on Saturday is going to end 4-3 because he's got to walk before he runs. And... Um, <sighs> the first thing he's got to do is to try to kill that off at the back. I mean, very difficult with the players that he's got at his disposal. But, uh, I mean, if he wants to look, and we'll probably get onto his team selection later on, but if he wants to look at the situation, there's guys that have not been part of this defence um, that has been leaking goals that can come in. There's Shaw, who's just qualified for the World Cup finals in Qatar with Switzerland, who's very underused this season. And there's um, Jamal Lewis, who played exceptionally well for Northern Ireland against Italy uh, when they, they kept the clean sheet against European champions. So there's players that can be utilised at the, at the back that haven't been. We'll just we'll get on to the personnel actually. So of first of all, goalkeeper wise, would you bring Dubravka back? I would personally, but whether whether or not um, Eddie will will because he spent this week working with this last fortnight working with um, with Dolo and has only had Dubravka back a couple of days. Uh, the before games, the yeah. game because he's away with the international and I know he got a game in when he won 6-0 but he'd be lucky if he touched the ball in that game so you know how rusty or otherwise is he I mean there's absolutely no question that Dubrovka is a better goalkeeper than Dolo is he match fit is he ready will 
the manager see it as a perhaps a step too far until you know he gets his feet under the table with how there. But I mean, I would play him under normal circumstances without a shadow of doubt. Yeah, just a question of his match fitness, really, isn't it? On to mm. the defence, then. Would you play four at the back? Would you go five? What would you make any changes? I mean, it sounds like you would do. What What would you do? Yeah, you Eddie Howe? Um, I mean, the Eddie Howe style, and it might change at Newcastle initially because horses for courses, and you've got to do what you've got to do to get through uh, the current situation. And either brilliantly for Mandu or tough for him, he's got winnable games straight away. Now that's wonderful, but. You've got to win him. Yeah. And he hasn't got time to... So I mean, he's got uh, Brentford, very winnable. Go to Arsenal. If you say that's not, okay, I hold my hands up. But followed then by Norwich and Burnley. The next three home games at home, you, you could see Newcastle getting nine points I out of I think you've got to see them getting at least seven, haven't oh, you? Oh, without, without it, a shadow of doubt. And preferably nine when you look yeah. at um, what's happening in December. Now, that's both good news and bad news. It's good news because you don't want them starting off playing Man City, Man United and Liverpool um, because you get depressed. Uh, but he's got to hit the ground run. He's got to find a winning formula for Saturday because Brentford is a real chance and and you can't squander that chance. Um, so it is difficult. I mean, his style of play, if it, if it was an even playing field and everything was organised, he would play a flat back four, he'd have two midfielders, he has wingers who push forward very quickly in support of two down the front. Either in tandem or one just behind the centre-forward. That is his style of play. And I'd, I can't see him suddenly changing his style of play and wanting fives and not using utilising wingers, etc., etc. So I would think that we mightn't get a back five with wing-backs like Richie and um, uh, Manquillo or Murphy who can get terribly exposed defensively, he might go flat back four. And there's opportunity for Shaw and Lewis to come into the occasion. So I would, I would keep Lascelles. I know a lot of people don't think he's uh, he's up to it, but I would keep Lascelles, I think, here for the way he captains aside as well. But I think it'd be good to keep him in the side. It's who comes in and partners him. I would go to a, to a back four, John. But yeah, it's, it that's is interesting. what I just said, yes. Is, is Fernandez uh, the man to come in? I'm not an overly big fan of Cher. I think he can lose his head, as I've mentioned on He's previous He's got a mistake podcasts. in him. There's no question about that. He's got a mistake each game in him. But I, I wouldn't play Kieran Clark either. I think we need a bit of speed. And I think that's where January comes in. You know, he's going to be looking at that and thinking... I was just going to say, to... basically, if you take the centre two and a four, I wouldn't play any of them. Mm. If, I, if I actually had a proper squad, yeah. you know, come February the 1st, how many of those that we've got now will make up the two centre-backs. Yeah, That'll be interesting. And then I think, like you say, maybe Lewis maybe slips into that left-back role and then maybe Manquillo or Kraft at right-back. Because, I mean, I I think Kraft's had a lot of stick, but I don't think he's done particularly bad. He's just not at the maybe the highest level. But I think, I think he could do a job against Brentford on Saturday. And then we go into that midfield, John, which is another interesting <laughs> uh, debate, isn't it? Does John Joe Shelby start? It's probably the, the key question. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's questions all over the park. Does John uh, Joe Shelby start? Does Willick get resurrected again? Does he somehow try to shoehorn his three old Bournemouth players into the starting lineup? Fraser, uh, Richie, and of course, Wilson's a shoe-in. Um, but if you take sort of Wilson and 
Sam Maximum as being your two up front, Sam Maximum behind Wilson. You look at two wingers and, and, and two mid centre midfielders. Um, a lot of people, and you've got Almirin. What's against Almirin coming into the side is he's got to come all the way back from South America and how much training will he get with Eddie Howe before the game? Does Fraser get one of the wing games or does he get a centre midfield? Do you play Willock or not? It's going to be absolutely fascinating, fascinating to see the side that is picked by Eddie for this first game because... As you well know, when a new manager comes in, there's always, in the short, long term, significant changes. Somebody that's been a regular, one player that's been a regular, will disappear out the side. And one bloke who's never been in the side will become a regular. That might be Fraser, uh, it might be Willick, disappearing out the side could be... Shelby, or it's anyone's guess because we haven't seen them train this week. And I think how goes about things very meticulously. Uh, he demands work rate, even in training. You you don't you don't walk, you jog. You don't jog, you run. Um, and he demands that you train the way you play. So he will have been put off players in the last fortnight through seeing their approach to training and he, he'll have an eye opener and fancy others you can't second guess what Eddie's going to do until he's put his first team out yeah it's, everyone's eyes are going to be waiting for that 2pm oh fascinating I mean we all have a, an opinion of what we would do but the the thing that really matters is what Eddie will yeah. do and really it's it's 2 o'clock on Saturday that will be the first fascinating thing of the whole afternoon that team sheet and we'll bring you that team sheet live on chroniclelive.co.uk as well. Um, a few questions then, John, from our listeners. Uh, Nathan NUFC on Twitter asks, do you think Howe has had enough time which will see a different style of play on Saturday? I think there'll be significant little tweaks. He has not had enough time uh to do major overhaul, nor has he had all these players available to, to buy into what he's trying to tell. We don't have as many away on international duties as some Premier League sides, but we have had people missing this fortnight. Uh, so we'll see minor things. The things I'm looking for is the style of play. Flat back four, two wingers, two centre midfielders, to see that style. I'm also looking for a different attitude. I'm looking for a team that's going to play without the fear that they played with in the past, that don't defend on the 18-yard line, but sometimes on the six-yard box. Yeah. They, they actually press higher up the field. They go about it with a bit of confidence and conviction. Attitude will tell us so much, and that can change. Well, that's got to come from the manager, hasn't it? And you totally saw his from the interview manager. on uh, Newcastle's website, and he was talking about how you know he, he wants his side to impose on the opposition and not the other way around. And we saw under the last head coach where they did. They played with the fear. Steve Bruce, the things he said, it sounded like he was scared of certainty. Well, nearly every team in the division, yep. you know, and you get the feeling that it doesn't matter who rocks up at St. James's Park, even if, you, you know, you mentioned Arsenal um, before, John. Yep. Yes, difficult game. They were, you know, they're on really a good run of form, but you get the feeling anyhow is not going to be afraid of them because no. he knows 
or he believes his his side have got quality that can beat Arsenal, that can beat the top sides. It's going to be a really interesting uh, day on Saturday just to see how Eddie Howe's confidence impacts the fans, but more importantly, the players. I think it'll impact both. Uh, to start with, the atmosphere will be terrific. Uh, but then it was, we didn't have the right manager in, but it was against Spurs and Chelsea at home. The, the atmosphere after the takeover was very positive And then, you know, reality set in. It's a bit different this time because a manager has an input hugely in the dressing room. And that is what I'm looking for at on Saturday. I want to see a different attitude in the players. Less fear. Uh, because we have got to beat Brentford. Brentford, we haven't won in 11. We're the only team that hasn't done that. And, you know, the two major things, Andrew, that Newcastle haven't done this season in 11 games, they've never won and they've never kept a clean sheet. How about winning 2-0 on Saturday and getting rid of both those in one fell swoop? And that's possible against Brentford. It's possible. I know if I can only have one, which one I'll take, I'll win. I don't care if it's 3-2 rather than keep the clean sheet. But why not Newcastle win 2-0? They've got to go positive and they've got to win this game. And you don't beat Brentford at home by sitting and defending on the 18-yard line. Nor do you beat Norwich and nor do you beat Burnley. And that's the next three games at St James's. Yeah, really important game on Saturday. Must win. Um, another Nathan has asked about changes, so hopefully we've, we've covered that there. Uh, Toon89 asks about Jamal Lewis. We have spoken about him yep. briefly. In a couple of podcasts, John, we spoke about him, how the fact he needs an arm around the shoulder yes. just to bring up his confidence. Now, um, the way he played against Italy... I'm sure that would have given him a boost. Uh, Toon Toon eighty nine asks for your thoughts on Jamal Lewis. Does he think how can? Do, do you think how can get him playing? He says he's clearly got potential. There's no question about the potential of the lad. Uh, he has. There's a footballer in there. Uh, the trouble is that um, he was bad. He is a bad defender generally, and if he gets negative in his mind. If he gets to doubt his own ability at Premier League level because knowledge went down and he's been isolated at Newcastle for weeks and months, then it becomes tough for the lad. Um, he is the type of player that needs uh, an arm around the shoulder. Players react in two ways. There's some that needs an arm around the shoulder and others that need a kick up the backside. He needs an arm around the shoulder. Um but I think there is a player there and he will get a lift. He knows under old regime he was just making up the numbers. Literally, he was a bench warmer. He'll see that he's got a chance again and I think a flat back four uh, with what he did against Italy and what Northern Ireland did against Italy would be a good time to give him a chance in this game. We're going to find out what Jamal Lewis has got literally under this new manager I mean I'm talking about over the rest of this season not immediately but yes I think the lad's got to be given a chance there is potential there there is work got to be done on his defending which is he can switch off players can get the wrong he gets the wrong side of the winger etc etc there is work to be done there but there is potential as well fingers crossed we get to see the best of him We've had a question from Ross, and he asks, who do you think could win or lose playing under Howe in terms of you know who's going to 
not yeah. getting to the side? Who's going to maybe get a look in that great, didn't before? Great question. Uh, I think Fraser will benefit enormously. There's this misapprehension that because of the way he left Bournemouth when he refused to play the extra games and the way he left was a big problem between him and Howe. But in lots of ways, not so. It was a problem and Howe was disappointed and Fraser said he had to look after himself in case he got a bad injury because he wouldn't get, then get a transfer. It wasn't good and it didn't reflect good on Fraser. But before that, Fraser's nickname in Bournemouth used to be the teacher's pet because Howe loved him so much and, 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 and was always giving him the proverbial kiss and uh, putting his arm around him and he had that wonderful season with Wilson which was under Howe. I think Fraser will benefit enormously. I'm hoping that Willock will benefit because we need him to go back to what made Newcastle spend 20-odd million on him. Uh, we need him. Um you know, people will suffer. The centre-backs will suffer. It just depends how quick and who. You know, Kieran Clark, uh, Fernandez, they've all got to win over the new manager. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what he does with Shelby long-term because on the plus side, he can ping a ball 60 yards and it drops on your shoelaces. On the negative side, he can't get around the pitch and how's all about getting around the pitch. So he could he could suffer. It's going to be interesting as well with Dwight Gale. I'm really intrigued to see if he finally just gets a run oh, in the side. Absolutely. And what does he do with Hendrick and Joe Linton? Does he suddenly think one of them's got something that we haven't seen? Or does he think what would, a vast would, majority of fans think? You would say it's a massive appointment for Joe Linton, isn't it? Because it, it, it's been a, we, everyone's been wanting him to get managed by someone with maybe a bit of tactical uh, awareness, shall we say, to put it politely. I, I, you always felt Steve Bruce he had ideas with Joe Linton, but it never came off and he never really implemented them properly. But it's going to be so interesting to see how Eddie Howe, when you fresh approach to this yep. team to the team does yeah. Joe Linton benefit from it because he, he is more of a front foot coach and Joe Linton's an attacker uh, does he benefit from it or, or, or does he sink into oblivion the one thing you've got to say about Joe Linton under Steve Bruce is it was staggering with his lack of goals how many times Joe Linton played he either started or got on every game virtually every game he started or got on, so he was given plenty of opportunity physically, whether in fact it suited him uh, in the way we set up, etc., is altogether another thing. Um, I don't think he's talented enough to be a club's record buy, a Premier League club's record buy, regardless of what else happens. But it'll be interesting to see what impact there is on him, what impact there is on Hend Hendrick. Um as well as Willick. There's so many players that'll be looking at this. If you're Murphy, you think, will I get a chance to actually play the way I'm supposed to play as a winger out there attacking the, the, the dead ball line and not as a wing-back running towards my own goal trying to get in a tackle when I've never tackled a fish supper all my career. Um, so there, there's so much that's going to be interesting over the next few weeks. Thank you for tuning in to the Everything is Black and White podcast. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. We just urge you guys to please subscribe to the podcast through whichever platform you use. 
totally free to do. Just means every time we upload a new episode to our channel, you'll get a notification saying we've done just that and you can listen to it straight away. And if you get the chance to leave us a review as well, that would be much appreciated. That really does help us out. You can also follow Chronicle Live's new Cash United channels over on social media. We're at Chronicle NUFC on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can email us here at the show with your feedback, your comments, your questions, whatever. Just drop us a line at the EIBW podcast at reachplc.com. And you can also stick a date with everything to do with the club by subscribing to our daily Newcastle United newsletter. That's also free. And you'll get a morning news roundup, an evening news roundup, and a breaking news alert as well. And that'll get emailed directly to your inbox. The link for that is in the show notes. Hit that, scroll down to sport-newcastleunited, tick the box, and you'll all be signed up. Once again, thank you for listening. And we'll now get back to the show. And we've got a question from Paul who has a wonderful uh, name on Twitter, who underscores, knows, underscores where. That's quite an inventive one there, Paul. Um, <laughs> he asks, um, do you, John, see any involvement for the likes of Joe White and Elliot Anderson in the first team? We know they're two players from the you know, 23s who are held in really high regard at the club, um, probably the two. You know, Anderson got a look in, a little bit of a look in last season. He's had his injury problems during the summer. I know you spoke to a few of his relatives and they were, they were yeah. very proud that he got on against Arsenal, wasn't it? Yeah. What do you see the future holding for them? I think they have a future here and I think they've got a bright future. I don't think Eddie Howe in the first couple of weeks, like when we play Brentford and go to Arsenal and then play in one week, both Norwich and Burnley. What a week that is, by the way, those two games inside a week, Tuesday and a Saturday. I don't think he's suddenly going to go to the kids and ditch all the seniors because this is a tough old world when you're down the bottom and almost cut adrift. It's bad enough for kids coming into a side that's buzzing without coming into that sort of side. Um, But long-term, long-term, like over the rest of the season, he has a great record of working with young players, has Eddie Howe. And uh, I think they will benefit without a shadow of doubt from this appointment. Yeah, fingers crossed, because we'd love to see more players coming through. I mean, Dylan Stevenson's another one who's just banging the goals in uh, in a 23 level. And, and Kel Watts as well, I know he's on loan at Wigan and I'm not really sure whether he can come back in January. And again, the situation maybe doesn't present itself. But you know, if he was here... I would I would put him in the starting uh, eleven yeah. because he's got the well, speed. I mean, I'm told by people within St James's Park of the, all the players that are on loan at the moment, and I mean this doesn't include Anderson etc etc who aren't on loan, but the ones on loan, he's by far and away the best prospect of being a Premier League player. Uh, what so he will be back here and next season will be very very significant it's a shame to a great extent if he can't come back in January and I'm not it depends on the deal Newcastle did but it, it would be nice to have him back and again from his perspective he probably wouldn't want to come back if he's not going to be promised a proper look and I'm not saying guaranteed first team football but at least no, the chance no. to if actually if you're just going to sit on the bench and go yeah. on 85 minutes you're not going to learn anything he's better off where he is from a selfish point of view uh, and I think he will probably stay there for the rest of the season Yeah, but like you say he's performing very well and we'll keep tabs on him now let's look John at the actual game on Saturday it's set to be another fantastic atmosphere at St James's Park. The food bank will be outside. War flags will be there with a, another display. 
But of course, it's all about the result, isn't it? And they, they actually do come up against the Brentford side who have lost their last four and actually have lost two games against sides around Newcastle, that being Burnley and Norwich. The last two sides who were winless in the Premier League other than Newcastle were Burnley and Norwich. So that'll give Newcastle a little bit of hope that, you know, Brentford are performing well against the top sides. But when it comes to those sides in and around them, they seem to be struggling. It uh, should give Newcastle a heck of a lot of hope because they hadn't been in the top flight for 70 plus years. They set off like an express train and shocked the whole of the country. I think in the first seven matches, they won three, drew three and only lost one. They were absolute flying. And at that situation, you're thinking, me and we've got Steve Bruce and we're in the doldrums. We just don't need these to come up here in that sort of form. The last four, they've lost. Now, while it might be acceptable in quotes, or you can understand losing to Chelsea and Leicester, you cannot understand losing to Burnley and Norwich because if you lose to Burnley and Norwich, the other two with us, you're in trouble. Along, if they lose to us, to make it five losses on the trot and the last three are Burnley, Norwich and Newcastle, the bottom three clubs, the long bells are ringing for their mind. They're going down or, or could well be going down. So we are going to play them at the perfect time. yes. We can't lose sight of our record. You know, 11 games, no wins, five draws, six defeats, 12 scored, 24 let in in 11 games. We can't lose sight of the fact that we aren't the flavour of the month. But having said that, if you're going to get your first win or you're going to keep your first clean sheet, you want to play Brentford at this stage. I mean, Norwich, who were in so much turmoil... That they knew they were going to sack their manager before they went to Brentford. They went to Brentford and won and, that, and didn't change their mind, still sacked their, their manager. That, that's, that's how bad the Norwich situation was, and yet Brentford at home couldn't beat them. This is the time to play Brentford uh, because of Brentford's form and because of the lift we've got by Eddie Howe and because we've had a fortnight of just how on the training ground preparing the players rather than games coming thick and fast. So this is a, a game that gives a lot of optimism, but that's got to be turned into three points. There's absolutely no question about that. You don't want to go to Arsenal. You know, drawn up here, you don't want to go to Arsenal still looking for your first win, etc., etc. You want the lift of having had your first win. Let's see what happens at Arsenal. We could get something at Arsenal. And then Norwich up here, let's go. Of course, I mean, Eddie Howe wants to start his time at Newcastle with a win, but it's just the fact Newcastle are already five points from safety as well, John. I mean, this is a oh. game where if, if they did lose, and obviously we don't want to be negative, but if they did lose, it would be a huge, huge blow to be cut adrift so early on in the Premier, in the Premier League season. Oh, horrendous, but they won't lose. That's the positivity we like. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think that they will lose this game and uh, they can't afford to lose. What we've got to make certain happens, Andrew, is we don't draw. That we actually lose, that we actually beat them. That is what's important. We have got to not make this a match where afterwards everybody's talking about Ivan Tony coming back up here to the club that snubbed him, if you like, and proved that he is a Premier League centre forward. We've got to be talking about the Newcastle hero, whoever it is, 
uh, who wins the match for Newcastle. We can't allow this to be Ivan Tony's happy day, happy returns to St James's Park. There will be comparisons between Ivan Tony and Callum Wilson because they're the two centre forwards on display. A lot of people might think that Ivan Tony is a young Callum Wilson in terms of potential. And he will settle mind five in the career that Callum Wilson's had because Callum Wilson become an England international and has scored for England in his time there. Injuries, unfortunately, muddied the waters. But uh, there will be comparisons between the two. Um, but this hasn't got to be Ivan Tony's day. This has got to be Newcastle United's day. Fingers crossed it will be. And we'll end the show, as usual, John, with us two predicting the result. Yep. So what's it going to be? Newcastle are going to win. And normally we just forecast win, lose and draw. But I'm going to go for 2-0. So they get they keep their first clean sheet and they get their first three points. If they happen to win 2-1, I'll be absolutely delighted. First and foremost, they must win. I think they will win. If we can keep a clean sheet as well, we'll all go home happy. Yeah, I'm going to go for a win as well. I will throw in a score. And I think, I think Newcastle will concede. I think it'll be 3-1. That's what I'm going to go for. But I think Newcastle will win. They'll get that first win of the season. Eddie Howe can start his time at Newcastle on the back of a much-needed victory. So thank you, John, as always, for popping on to the match preview. To you guys listening, thank you for tuning in. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where we'll bring you all the latest Newcastle United news, including Eddie Howe's first pre-match press conference on Friday and all the live coverage from the game as well. And please remember to like, subscribe, or follow the podcast through whichever platform you're listening through and leave a review if you get the chance Thank you once again for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your week.